Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host Savita Nanjappa, entrepreneur, high achieving 9 to 5er turned transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how-tos and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. On this International Women's Day to all the women who are tuning in, I want to wish you a very happy International Women's Day, a very happy year ahead and more power to you all. I want to introduce my guest for today, two sisters, co-founders, and for the first time on the podcast I'm interviewing two guests at the same time. it wasn't as challenging as i thought it would be and as always i would like to first introduce them before we get straight into the conversation the bhattacharya sisters they are both creators problem solvers and nature lovers they say we have very different personalities and are on our own adventures but can't think of anyone more compatible to be building this with they are co-founders and manage different parts of india hemp and co from Bangalore and Barcelona meet Jayanti she has worked in advertising for a while at O&M with the best brand one could ask for at the time Hutchinson SR or Hutch later came to be known as Vodafone she did her masters in advertising and marketing from the University of Leeds and has run a couple of businesses in the food and beverage industry iron and retail all based out of Bangalore she has a growing family a very supportive partner two kids and animals a dog and two rabbits who often feature in their videos as a family they love to camp out and somehow always find the time to disconnect with a book by the river at least once a month meet shalini who started her career as an operational consultant at kpmg in bangalore she then went on to do her mba in barcelona and also made a switch to innovation consulting she has worked with a lot of corporate clients across europe us and india including companies such as pepsico and novartis to name a few She set up a business consulting agency in Barcelona that worked on health and wellness, education and sustainability related projects. She lives between Bangalore and Barcelona where she has been since the past 10 years now where she's discovered her interest in art, especially street style art. Join me as I talk to the sisters today including their debut on Shark Tank India. Hi and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast. Jayanti and Shalini, I am really excited to have you both today. This is my first time having two guests at the same time. So I'm really excited to see how this is going to go. And of course, uh Shark Tank alumni here. So welcome to the podcast and uh I'm grateful that you took the time out to join me today. Thank you so much for having us and hopefully we won't talk over each other too much because that happens. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, that's fine. Don't worry. We just want to have fun. We want to hear the the conversations the two sisters have and diving right in, I want to go right to the start. I know that there's this story of Shalini you having your health issues and then that's how uh, the story of this company started. So mm-hmm. I would like you to start by sharing with us why did you turn to him and you could have just been um, a user of the product right when you realized that it's working for you what made you actually start the company and the brand um okay so 
what happened was this is about in 2017, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that I had a back issue. And what I realized was it was a chronic condition. It was for months, it went undiagnosed and realized that the painkillers that they'd given me weren't really improving the condition. And uh, so earlier, like you mentioned, it was something that came out of a personal need. So I, I turned to alternative medicine and I came across CBD, which comes from the hemp plant. And um, so with physiotherapy and CBD, I could already see improvements. And I was going to come back to India for a couple of months. And I was wondering, OK, what are the regulations around it? Is it something that's available there for me to be able to buy off the counter? Because here it's been regulated for years now, right? Uh, so I'm based in Barcelona, just to set the context. And um, yeah, so when I came back, then we realized that the market was just opening up. And both Jay and I are entrepreneurs. We come from a family of entrepreneurs as well. So it's like, okay, there's something interesting here. I can I can see the benefits and I think it can benefit a lot more people. So I uh, kind of pitched the idea to the family and Jay was on board immediately. And um, I think it's more so because it connected with us. We saw the results it had, you know. So that's kind of driven our vision and motivation to start the company. Mm -hmm. And when you shared this with Jenti, Jenti, you jumped on board immediately. Uh, what was your, uh, I mean, you, while you'd seen it very closely have this impact on Shalini, uh, what made you just get fully on board with this? So, okay, Savita, thank you for having us uh, and love to share our story with you on your wonderful podcast. So uh, basically, again, Shani is my young assistant, also my co-founder. I think what happened is I saw her in that plane when she came to Bangalore and that was, it was a really difficult time for all of us because there's nothing we could do. And, you know, we grew up with uh, different sort of medicines and stuff and we tried everything. Nothing really helped us. So I feel that there was a sense of helplessness that, you know, after coming to India, after trying out medicines, nothing helped and different specialists, nothing else. So, you know, when she went back, we were all actually worried for her because she lived alone there. And we said, listen, what are you going to go back and do? Who's going to be your support system there? And she found this medicine, which was hemp based. And that I think that itself was convincing enough because, um, you know, she, she found something herself and Shalini is a very thorough person. So, she wouldn't just buy any off the counter. And then when she did research into it and she said, you know, this is hemp and it actually grows in our backyard. So um, coming back to how we grew up, we actually grew up. I mean, our parents have always been outdoorsy people. We've done forests. Every holiday was a different forest. So this came very, it came very like almost like second skin. We said, you know what? It's in the Himalayas. Let's go. Let's try and figure out um, what this is about and what else this plant has to offer so I think it was just there was this uh, pain point that needed to be addressed and it was easy to source from so it just came whole circle to us very very quickly and we acted on it you know we acted on it really fast and uh, in 2019 in November we officially launched the company wow really close to the pandemic beginning so I'm sure that had some kind of an impact as well uh, because four months down the line, November, if you officially launched, four months down the line was when the pandemic hit. Yeah, that was a crazy time for us because <laughs> we had just launched the company and we had our Insta page and, you know, we were so excited about it. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, like four months down, when you're, you know, it takes a while to sort of get a new company started, registering it and stuff. It was like the world stopped all of a sudden. Right. So a lot of our material was stuck, our packaging was stuck. But I think 
it's also because collectively we really worked during the pandemic to sort of you know when we had orders we would deliver we would try and figure out how because there were people who now had that mind space uh, savita because they were you know people were stuck in the situation they were looking for you know they looked into their diets they looked around their surroundings mm. they were like what are we doing to this world that it's come to the stage that everybody has to stop so um i feel like we were lucky in a weird way that we had that mind space that we had a new product which was a sustainable plant which was um planet friendly which had so many uses and that's when we i think that's the attention we got at the right time and that's how we started to grow it was the pandemic that gave us that push wow okay so that's that's a nice outcome i guess from the pandemic and i would think yes the early days when it just hit must have been challenging but i want to go back to uh, again still at the beginning right so you how did you decide what's going to be your first product or first two three products basically wanted to work with the most nutritional part of this plant which is the seed right mm-hmm. so then when we realized that listen with you can with one seed you can actually create multiple products and there's no wastage so we didn't want to just start selling people a whole hemp seed because that has a husk that is not as um user friendly because you know it's it's like eating a whole seed so what we did is we explored the different parts of the you know the formats of the seed that you could get the products that you could get out of this and we came up with four products so um and we actually innovated a little bit because people were a little apprehensive about hemp so we took there's a trail mix that we have it's a it's a hemp trail mix which has a lot of familiar seeds like watermelon sunflower sesame um flax seeds that people knew and then we added hemp to it so this we looked at as an introductory product which still does very very well because it's versatile and also i think people uh, adopted to hemp got better because they realized that listen it went against a lot of the misconceptions that they had um, mm-hmm. but we did start off with four products because we understood um, how versatile you could get four products out of one seed literally said that we also uh, took a very user centered approach right so what we did was we had a focus group we had a nutritionist uh, a nutritionist uh, a health coach we had someone uh, who was very into fitness we had a health newbie in and uh, we presented uh, the products as well as the options and to get some feedback on it and these were the four that did really well so i think we also tested it with the market in terms of qualitative research yeah and from the business perspective we did a bit of market sizing as well to understand what the potential of each of these are and i can share the numbers with you if you're interested sure. but uh, all of them had uh, like for example the hemp oil right it, it, the estimated uh, growth rate is about 36% and it's going to be um, it's as the global market size is estimated to be about 1.26 billion Wow. Um for the plant protein it's about 565 million that's mainly the indian market size uh the nuts and seeds market size again for india is about 2.4 billion and uh the hemp part or hemp in general uh industrial hemp is about 5.3 billion okay i mean that's like so much potential right out there for you yeah. i was going to ask you about market research and i was going to ask you wasn't it challenging in the beginning to educate people about the value that hemp bring because the indian word is bhang so uh, mm-hmm. was that a challenge how did you get through the early phases of letting people know 
uh, about the product so i have i have an interesting story here because i feel like through this one anecdote you'll realize how far we've grown so mm-hmm. for us our biggest challenge was to pretty much reeducate people right people had all these misconceptions and the biggest one was will i get high right mm-hmm. so uh, during the first lockdown when we just went into a lockdown in march um i had so many people calling me saying that hi listen i'm looking for 1 kilo Uh, do i have to order it from the website can't i just come to your address and pick it up and i kept wondering why and i said no it helps with our orders to you know mm-hmm. uh, figure out uh, transportation and things like that we'll need you to register on the website and then i realized that these calls were very very frequent and like really late into the evening then once i asked this person a bangalore guy i said He said, "What do you think I'm selling?" He's like, "You're selling weed, right?" I said, "No, I'm not selling weed. I'm selling hemp, you know." And I went into details of what it was, and then very sweetly, he was like, "Okay, I'll buy a box for my mother," you know. So I feel like that was our first pandemic, um, you know. And then the second time we went to a lockdown, I had only one call from a guy in a market. and he wanted 2 kgs of weed and i was like no man i'm not saying <laughs> so then i feel like at least we made a breakthrough somewhere you know yeah okay. this, so. <laughs> that's so interesting and uh, i mean i i can totally imagine you getting these kind of questions right because that's the whole thing because it's so new uh and you have to spend that time and effort letting people know and people don't do the research they're like you know probably search something and the company popped up their ceo was good so awesome thank you for sharing that now moving on i know that we spoke about the pandemic having been some of the challenges that you faced at the start but have those challenges changed today what are some challenges that you face today um now that we are about 2 years in I think uh, awareness in education is something that is a is a mammoth task and Savita like you mentioned uh, actually hemp is not very new it's been a part of our culture for thousands of years it's only like it's named as one of the five sacred plants um in our rigvedas etc so um what has happened is i think more in 1980s where there was a ban and this was globally and politically driven uh but yeah it's not something new so a lot of our challenge in, from the marketing and communication team is more the reeducation to be able to have these conversations to clarify the doubts regarding it mm-hmm. um but on a more like business level i think it's about uh, making sure there is enough supply uh, and all these are regulatory changes so whether it's in india or internationally we are seeing uh, things shift we are for example uh the who appeals to the un this was in 2020 december mm-hmm. to declassify cannabis as a, a class a drug and they have done that so now what that means for us as a business and as the industry is that there's more free trade and each country can have its own rules regarding uh hemp so um yeah so th- those are interesting things that are happening but of course change takes time and we need to be oh. a bit uh, patient with it Sure. But yeah, over to you, Jay. You you were talking. You wanted to add something. Okay. So uh, a few of the challenges that we face is that um, supply. Yeah. You know what's happening is now that FACCI has regulated hemp, right? So but still allowed to grow only in state. So there is a problem with the supply of the hemp seeds because there's a lot of hoarding nowadays. uh and it's a very seasonal so we really hope that many other governments many other state governments would that go proactive 
and try and regulate um, hemp cultivation, hemp farming, because it is a brilliant crop, Savita, and it actually is so good for farmers because they can grow it between their crop cycles mm -hmm. and it regenerates the soil, it adds additional income, you know, and this, this crop from a seed to an entire plant grows in four months, you know. So it's just, it can really, really help uh, farmers also lead a better life. Mm -hmm. And we have farmers calling us from Andhra Pradesh. We have farmers calling us from Kerala saying that, or even Karnataka saying that, listen, I want to grow hemp. Can I grow hemp? Will you buy from me? But it always stops because it's something that the state governments need to decide for themselves. And I feel um, these are the things that all of us in the hemp industry continuously push uh, the change in governance, you know, mm -hmm. about the change in regulation to find out if this can be more of a mainstream product. Okay, yeah, uh, I think it's going to, it's coming and sometimes it can't come fast enough and sometimes, you know, it's about having that uh, patience while you're dealing with this. So mm -hmm. what is one thing that you wish you knew when you started the business? Okay, one is how to, um, how to pace ourselves, right? As professionals and business owners, because there's always an endless list of things to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so how to pace ourselves. So I think both of us have burnt out at some point because uh, it's just, yeah. you know, like multiple, suddenly it becomes too times. sometimes. <laughs> Sorry? I said multiple times. Like every single time, <laughs> like, okay, we're done. Yeah. yeah, we're trying. We're trying to get better with that. Um, okay. Also, yeah, I think there's so many learnings along along the way about how to be uh, good leaders, about how to keep the team inspired, um, about how to have you know maintain that focus of both the day to day and like in the details as well as the macro level focus, which, which you tend to lose sometimes. Sure. I think we between the both of us, uh, we kind of bring that balance to each other and the, and the company as well. Yeah, I think having and also Savita. Yeah. Sorry, Savita. Yeah. Also, if you look at the timing that we started a company, we literally started a company before a lockdown. There were two lockdowns. So the world effectively stopped twice, you know? Yeah. So even for us, I think the focus on mental health, the focus on balance, because you're 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 running a company, right? There are things, mm. there are bills that need to be paid, there are deliveries that need to be made. So I've had this is something that we both prioritize because it was easy to go either way, you know, so we really prioritized our mental health. And there were days that, you know, we just pick each other up. Another really, I think, I think it came like a gift to us was the fact that um, during the pandemic, the first pandemic, we had applied to IIMB, NSRL cell for, mm -hmm. um, you know, to be part of the incubation program. And mm -hmm. 11,500 people actually applied all India. IMB had never seen these numbers. And uh, we're now in top 10, you know, because it has been a long journey. It's been a lot of learning, but it has been incredible because I feel most startups, when you're at this stage, you need a mentor, you need a vision, you need that slightly extra padding from other people who have those skill sets, right? So yes. uh, to not make the same yeah. mistake. So to us, I think IMB came like a gift at the right time because we still have a mentor. We still are incubated it's still it's just we know that they have our back you know so i feel we, we made lesser mistakes than we could have also because because <laughs> we kept learning on the side we were still doing courses you know so it's not like we just were two entrepreneurs we were still studying we are still studying we're still doing courses with imb so 
it's still uh, it's endless because everything has changed. Like the way you market after, during the pandemic has changed. Right. So it's nothing that has been the two years have just changed. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And I think, yes, it's so true. The takeaways are yes, to have a mentor, to have that community, to have the support system. Uh, and that has helped. And I think also hearing you both talk, I think having each other has been really useful. Sometimes people are solopreneurs and having two co-founders, I think, has helped helped you uh, versus, you know, a lot of places it sometimes hinders the business. So I think uh, that's something that I'm hearing uh, both of you share. I want to talk to you about brand. Okay. I know Shalini, you handle marketing strategy and brand, mm -hmm. I think, but tell me about building the brand because I see your product beautifully packaged, beautifully designed. Um, what was your marketing strategy in terms of, I know in the pandemic, it would have been different, but how did you approach brand building? Sure. Um, so I think there were a couple of uh, limitations that we're working with, right? So for example, whether it was uh, not being able to advertise or whether it was having a small team, tight budget, it forced us to be creative. And thankfully, that, that's something that both of us uh, really enjoy doing, being creative. So firstly, like one of the challenges we had was um, when compared to the other brands in the market, um, this is like before, you know, before there was a surge in the brands that came in, uh, hemp was spoken about still very um, shadily, <laughs> lack of a better word. Okay. Uh, you know, sure. there, were, there was no, <laughs> there was no, uh, the, which added to the confusion of it, you know, both, both the leaves look same. So we're, I'm talking about the difference between the hemp plant and the marijuana plant. They both are a part of the right. cannabis family. But they are very similar looking plants. One's industrial hemp that has over 25,000 uses and the other can be used recreationally, right? So we were talking about a much broader topic. So what we decided to do is to build trust and put our faces, be the people accountable for the quality of the product and put our faces there, build that trust directly with the customer, right? So that was one of the strategies we had. The other is uh, we had limitations on ads again because uh, policies across uh, Instagram and Facebook, especially, they keep changing and going through manual reviews because of the same thing, the confusion between cannabis, uh, between marijuana and hemp. So um, we had to rely on content. We said, okay, we're not going to be heavily reliant on ads. So we came up with our own uh, storylines and heavily focused on content driven marketing, especially in a video format. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen them, but we have a lot of videos up on our website, which is indiahempandco.com, as well as on Instagram, which is at indiahempandco. Um, and this is something we continuously do. We've had to adapt to reels or however we do, but video is our primary format at, currently. Uh, the other thing we consciously did was focus on uh, building the community first, right? So instead of just selling product, we any interaction we had, we tried to add value. So whether it's through recipe cards, through education, through supporting other brands. Um, and I think that's seen us a long, long way. So regardless of whether we could advertise or not, we had people who supported us and who believed in the product who told their friends and their friends told their friends. And that's how we've kind of grown our page. We're close to about 10,000. Hopefully this month we'll hit that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's been a community and user first focused. Uh, okay. And again, business model wise, it's been uh, our primary focus again is D2C. So directly from our website to customers, that's how we initially started. Because our strategy earlier was also to be like, okay, 
if you don't know about him, maybe you need to experience it. So we were in a lot of farmers markets. We were in a lot of fitness events where people okay. could come sample the products, but the pandemic had other plans for us. Sure. So <laughs> we had to quickly adapt. And then I was like, okay, so how can we share this experience, the, you know, the hemp experience online? And how can we tell stories of it in okay. a creative way that uh, people can uh, relate to? And okay. that's kind of been our overall strategy so far. Okay, and I think it's working. Also, I'm because from everything that you're sharing, that's how word of mouth is how you got your early customers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Savita, I just want to add to a little bit about what Shani talked about. Shani also comes from a design and innovation background, which is something that is very, very big in Europe, where everything that they look at, you know, it has yeah. a very aesthetic angle to it. I feel in India, we are still more driven on the cost of packaging, the cost of paper. It's still, we're still not very creative about yeah. packaging, right? So I think uh, it really worked that Shalini had a lot of contribution in time in terms of the design, the feel, the packaging of this, which came, came from that European background that she has for the last 10 years and that experience. Uh, I feel that also really helped. And also our packaging is sustainable. So that hit home with a lot of people initially as mm -hmm. well, where people said, you know, it's not coming out of a Ziploc. It's not coming out of something that is a single-use packet. It's something I can actually <clears throat> reuse. Right now on my table, I have a hemp hearth box which has pens in it. You know, So this thing can be reused multiple times and it yeah. can be recycled. So there's a lot of thought that we put into the product. And that's how I think our initial customers also understood and saw that. And then it was word of mouth. Yeah, I agree. I, I, that's the first thing that I noticed about your product. It's beautifully designed, well packaged, uh, which will make me want to say, okay, hey, hey, there's something to this versus if it was like you said, in a Ziploc pouch, I'd be like, no, 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 I don't know what, you know, what's inside. And I'm not mm -hmm. going to buy this. So I think uh, beautifully done and presented uh, brand, I must say. Uh, what's been a defining moment in your business that really stands out for you? Either one of you can share, of course. Okay. Um, maybe I'll go first and sister, if you'd like to add anything, you can. Also, I can't take complete credit for the packaging. I think Jay had a lot to contribute to it in terms of finding that right balance. I think we had the idea, but the execution was completely Jay. So I'm going to share this, the, oh. the credit with you there. <laughs> um, so in terms of, I think both of us also have uh, come from media backgrounds. Like we've worked with different uh, media organizations. So I think for us, a uh, defining moment is being recognized and being like hemp being given the platform by mainstream media. That's been something that's always exciting. And it, it's more because it supports the long term impact of our vision, you know, to have a more sustainable future, because this crop is not just a food. It, you can use, use it for clothing. You can use it for construction. It's an alternative to fuel. Right now, we're at the mm -hmm. tip of the iceberg with, with starting with the seed, because that's the part that's been regulated. Um, so yeah, so it started off with, I think, being covered by maybe like a smaller online outlets, but then we were in Forbes and Your Story, Times of India, Deccan, um, Indian Express. And each time this happens, we get more people coming to us, whether they buy or not, but they're curious. They're more aware of the plant. They're more aware that there is an alternative. They're more aware about nutrition. And that's a huge, huge thing for us because that's what, uh, like I mentioned, was one of our, our key challenges earlier, right? Yeah. Um, which continues to be, but yeah, being given the platform and being uh, having media carry it as well as Shark Tank. Sorry, I missed that. That's a big one for us as well. 
but yeah, having hemp be uh, given that the spotlight and platform makes our jobs uh, a lot easier and more, um, um, I think, recognized as well, you know, so we, those are things that we also see impact our sales and the business as well as the team's uh, inspiration and excitement towards, uh, towards work. So yeah, sure. th those are times that have been important for us. Sure. Jainty. Also, Savita, yeah. So, Savita, I think with you, if we look at a defining moment in our business, it was validation. I feel we uh, played an instrumental role in actually creating a new sector. This is a sector that doesn't exist, right? right. There is no formal body for this. There is no governance. There is nothing. It's not like coffee bowl. It is very, very fluid. It's difficult to get into because of all the misconceptions. So, I feel in the last two years, right? So because like Shani said, from when we started to addressing every issue, putting our face on the brand, this is this is something both of us don't usually do. We both shy away from media usually, but then we realize that people need to be, it needs to be relatable, right? If you're selling hemp, we need, even the name of our company, we wanted to say hemp, right? We wanted to have mm. it out there so that we weren't disguising it with something. So I feel, yeah, I feel like the media, um, in terms of the, the serious newspaper coverage that we've got, because even for them to run a story on hemp shows that the industry is changing, right? So they're the ones who actually get masses to read and once something's printed, everybody believes it. So I feel that, uh, you know, it started off with your story was a big game changer for us, but we've never paid for any PR. It's always been sort of inbound. And uh, we're very thankful for that because it's that support like even what you're doing today is giving us a platform to talk about this wonderful plant and to spread the awareness. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Stay tuned as we take a quick break and we'll see you on the other side of the show. Awesome. I love it. I love being part of the brand uh, uh, of, of all the brand's growth, right? And putting it out to newer people. I think... Uh, I was going to come to this question anyway, so it's time to talk about the elephant or rather the shark in the room. So how was your <laughs> experience on a Shark Tank? I do have to say that I did watch it today. Uh, always do as part of research, of course. Uh, but I thought you uh, really stood out um, on the show. Tell me about your experience on Shark Tank. Getting in and then, of course, being on camera and pitching. <laughs> so Shark Tank was surreal. Sometimes I don't even believe it happened. It was so fast. Okay. So, um, the thing is, there were 62,000 applicants that applied to Shark Tank. Wow. And 198 of us made the cut, out of which they have only aired 117 people. So, you know, we were really lucky because it was very touch and go for us in the sense that we weren't even sure if Sony would air him. It's still in the gray area. Like I said, for us, each little milestone is that seeing it in the newspaper, seeing it on your story, seeing it, you know, each one is like a little building block for us. So this was the first time actually hemp has been aired on national TV on an entertainment channel like Sony. So the mileage mm -hmm. it gave us was incredible in terms of, uh, because like Shalini said, we have a lot of restrictions with hemp. We're not allowed to advertise on Instagram. We're not allowed to advertise on Facebook. And even Google ads every now and then keeps pulling down the ads. So today, mm. if I want to get 
in Tatari and Hattisgarh. How am I going to do it? How am I going to reach them when I'm not allowed to, you know, um, not allowed to say, okay, I want to reach this section, this area, you know, which you can do. So for us, it was really, really a great platform only because it gave us that sort of reach that it, you know, and now they're airing it in multiple languages. They're, they're, it's amazing. I'm so glad Shark Tank happened to us and the time it did was yeah. also because uh, November was when FACCI changed their ruling. Uh, FACCI is a food governing yeah. body and they uh, they actually looked at it and said, now hemp is a food. They changed it completely, right? Mm -hmm. So even though the Shark Tank team was shooting for, I think and I was the second last uh, weekend of shooting, I, the luck we had at that weekend was amazing because I wouldn't have known about the FACCI if it was in October or September, which is when the shoots were happening. But um, it was an incredible experience. It's an experience we really had to dig deep. Because of the pandemic, Shani couldn't come down at that time. So I had to do this by myself. But we like we spent a good three, four days just number crunching because with Shark Tank, you need to know your numbers at the tip of your fingers and you need to be thorough with it, right? Yeah. Because you can't just give them assumptions and because when they do a due diligence, um, you won't be aired or, you know. So for us, we wanted a platform, to be very honest. We yeah. wanted a platform where we could talk about hemp, yeah. talk about the benefits of hemp. And the entire experience, the Shark Tank team is an amazing, amazing, very, very professional. Some of the women I met, incredible. The hours they work is just, I mean, hats off to them. You know, they were always on their feet training different teams. So uh, it was a little surreal for us because we don't speak Hindi since we're from mm -hmm. the South. So that was one thing that we had to, uh, you know, because Shark Tank said that this is Sony and this is a largely a Hindi channel. So uh, that is something that you, I mean, I feel like it's just mind over matter. Part of this is, you know, when you say you can do something when you want it so bad, Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that was our experience and also the whole episode was around the, the entire shoot for me was around 90 minutes and I think what you guys saw was 15 minutes of it so there's yeah. a lot of information that was shared you know and uh, again even with Sony they didn't air everything because uh, we did talk a lot about the medicinal aspect of it which is still in a gray area so yeah. I think they chose not to air that part of it but they did air the basic things about uh, the protein, uh, you know, the fiber, the amino acids, which has helped a lot of people because we can see that traction coming back. So it's like going mm. full circle now. Now people are mailing us saying, I need more protein. Can I use this? What is this? You know, it's just more conversations that have happened. Actually, more sales. We've grown by uh, 200%. And uh, we've also had investors from Australia, Sudan, the US, uh, Spain, of course. I mean, a lot of people reach out to us, plus Indian investors. I think it's also because we were offered a deal on Shark Tank, which we declined. It was yeah. on a lesser valuation. Yeah. And um, the thing is, Samita, to be honest, this is an upcoming industry. So if you, if I had said yes to a lower valuation, it would have, you know, the other industry, it would have affected everybody in the industry to be honest ah, okay so um so that's why we had to decline it but uh, but it was an amazing amazing experience i was going to ask you was it difficult to decline uh, because here you are on the national stage and you're declining so i get 
thank you for sharing the background to why you did decline. But I think it was a fantastic platform. And if you've grown to 100% and you're getting so much interest, I think that's the best outcome for any brand. Um, and it pays to be on uh, Shark Tank. True. I definitely think if people who are also listening to this podcast do have an idea about something, you know, sometimes you just have an idea that you you think it, you know it's great, but you just don't have the courage to see it. You don't have to finish it. This is just at some yeah. stage, it's amazing when you do it because people who had a concept also got funded, right? It wasn't only D2C brands. But uh, uh, the the when we worked in the offer, I, uh, you know, it was, I went out, I spoke to Shalini, we spoke to our mentor. We, three of us actually decided that it didn't work. So it, I didn't decline it uh, myself, but it was a collective, di- uh, you know, discussion that I had. Uh, also, it is very, very easy, you know, when you're standing there with all that makeup and your hair and those <laughs> lights in a golden stage. Everyone's Sorry. attention is on you. Mm. I said, everyone, the cameras are on you. You're, it's just that moment with the music and, you know, you just want <laughs> to say, yeah, yeah, I'll take the deal. But I feel we had to really think about, uh, we have a current investor who's from uh, Singapore, who um, is in the carbon credit business. So we had to think about a lot of things and again, think about uh, our colleagues in the industry as well. <laughs> so, so that's yeah. one of the main reasons we said no. Um, also, Savita, we've been in this process for, uh, you know, we're looking for funding, but we're looking for funding with the right partners, people who can open doors and add value to us. Mm. So um, we had been, we've already, you know, have our deck ready, we've been pitching to people. So we kind of knew what the market valued us at. And um, Namita, I think, could have been, is, is certainly a very good uh, uh, value addition, but the, the valuation that we got uh, at, on the show that day was something that was way below what, what the market had also valued us at. So it was a pretty informed decision uh, because we'd been in this process sure. for a few months as well. So, yeah. Oh, sure. Okay, hard, but, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Jenti. I said Namita is a force. Namita has such a presence. Mm-hmm. She has such great energy about her because when you're standing there and you know, you can read each person in the room, right? You're literally, there's a huge golden peacock which was carved on the floor and we're standing at its feet. That was our point. So, I mean, she's just, she's powerful. You know, she was so amazing to actually, she was right across me and I really, I really, really admire her. I admire for the things she stood up for me. She, she yeah. was, you know, she drove a lot of points home and I would really, we both would really love to work with her at some point because um, I just think she's a fantastic person, you know, with, She's just really, oh, I mean, she checks all boxes, so it would yeah. be amazing. I think it comes work. across. Yeah, it does come <laughs> across on the show as well. Uh, so, yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's like, I, I can imagine this is a lifetime memory for you and will always be part of the story of the brand. And then going on from there. Um, so what, what do you do when the chips are down, when you have a bad month or quarter? How do you pick yourself up? Um, so we have regular, well, we have our regular team meetings. We, we, we're constantly in touch right, with the team and between Jay and me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we understand, like with business, we see the patterns now, right? So earlier, I think it would shake us up uh, quite a bit in case, you know, say for a couple of weeks, the sales were down. But we realized that it, business as well as um, 
yeah, business especially works with ebbs and flows, you know. So we rely on yeah. processes. We're like, okay, we know what we need to do regardless. So we, we focus on the doing rather than the outcome completely. Unless the outcome is way off, then we reevaluate our strategy and see how we can adapt to it. But the idea is to focus on your day-to-day -day and, and to keep that going, to keep that consistent uh, and to keep the team energized and inspired, you know. So I think that's what we do and we have both. So we set clear goals and we have reflection exercises also to see how things are going and adapt as in when we go. So we don't let it affect us too much. When things go super well or when things go really badly, we, we try to maintain our uh, balance to stay grounded. Okay. Great. Uh, I, I'd also like to answer this. Sure. So basically, what do we do when the chips are down and when we have a bad month? So Shalini is like the calm to my storm, okay? Because she, I'm, I'm usually high energy. Like even now I'm on my third cup of espresso. So it's generally <laughs> high energy, high emotion, everything. Shalini is very calm. She's very collected. She's very, she does her yoga and her meditation. So she, she is the balance in this, you know, where some of them are like, oh, we haven't hit our target. We haven't, she's like, it's okay. This is pattern. This happens. I feel like that's also uh, because of our sisterly bonds that we have. This is who we are as people. And so it's easier for us to understand that and mm. um, work with each other's strengths more than the weaknesses. So I feel she plays such a strong role in actually taking this entire team forward, even when things are low, you know, always finding a silver lining, always motivating everybody, never being bogged down by the small things. That's, that's all Sharon, that's hats off. Wow, <laughs> wow, this is, <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> what, sister? This it is could also be my coffee talking. <laughs> What are some key metrics you measure in your business? I know it's different for different businesses, but the reason I ask this question is because we are a business podcast and we have a ton of early stage um, listeners, early stage entrepreneurs who are listeners on this podcast. And often one of the gaps that um, we find in people who are in the early days of business is not, not measuring any metrics or measuring some metrics. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, in your business currently, what are some key metrics that you measure? Sure, I'll take this one. So, so that we, like uh, Jay mentioned, we are part of the accelerator program as well. And I think that was something that earlier, it, a lot of it was to be focused on sales as metrics. But now we sure. have gone a bit deeper, taking things a little bit deeper. And we have five key areas, uh, five key business goals, right? And these can be everything from, for example, we, one of our goals is to delight customers, right? So then for that, like the customer feedback uh, we get, the NPS uh, mm. metrics is one, the retention rate is one, uh, how, uh, how much time it takes to respond to a customer query, that's, uh, those are metrics we, uh, we measure. Besides that, we also have our sales metrics, right? So basically across the funnel, each level, uh, what are the numbers across it in our conversion rates and whether it's digital or offline, these are things that uh, we've begun tracking now. Um, also the number of marketplaces we get on. So for example, this month we're, we're looking at getting into chain stores um, as well as uh, things like Big Basket, Amazon, we're talking to people, uh, we're talking to them as well. So basically the impact that we can in terms of our distribution and making sure it's aligned with our strategy. 
So those are some, um, we have some that uh, are based on innovation. We realize that we need to be an innovative uh, company and that's something that we both enjoy doing and that's how we differentiate ourselves as well. So for example, we came up with a dog, uh, a pet line and that's something that mm -hmm. no one else uh, had done in the industry. Um, so these come through, okay, we know we need to, uh, to you know, at any point of time, we'll be exploring four to five different uh, innovations and then bring it down to a funnel and to get one to market. Um, so yeah, so through that and through a lot of conversations, so each of them, uh, each of our five areas have different metrics that we, um, yeah, that we measure. Uh, and the phase we are in, we are still very business focused. Uh, but how I would like for us to evolve is to have a triple bottom line focus, right? To also have metrics on uh, social variables, how to deal with the community, education, equity, uh, for example, the impact on farmers, as well as the planet. So environmental impact. So not just looking at the business, but also expanding these metrics to uh, the people and community as well as the planet. Those are things that we would like to uh, grow to start tracking as well. Also, yeah. So we also have very set, very clear OKRs that the entire team knows about. And um, I feel, Savita, to be honest, I feel a lot of this learning, a lot of um, how to set your KPIs, everything, a lot of it came from IM as well, because uh, to again, to all the listeners who want to start something, even if you have an idea, even if you've just started or you're three years into your business, get into an accelerator, get into an incubation program. Yes, it's take a couple of hours during your week, but then the uh, amount of information, the amount of also, you know, they have your entrepreneurial toolkits nowadays that we would have never had access to, you know, which yeah. make running a business so much easier, but that comes only if you're in the system because a lot of the people who have these fantastic tools, give accelerators, give those, extra credits to uh, you know companies like ours that are startups so and again you know so much about what's happening in startup india what are the funding opportunities what are the grants what are you know there are so yeah. many things which come through an accelerator so i would definitely definitely recommend that to anybody listening who's yeah, thank you. I think that's really important. But I also love the metrics that you've chosen. Innovation is something that not a lot of people in the early uh, years growing businesses seem to measure. I mean, most businesses tend to add that eventually. And, you know, I come from a deeply customer service background, always measured <laughs> response rates, service levels. Yeah. Uh, so it's so good to see that uh, your business is tracking those metrics. With that, we actually kind of come towards the end of the uh, this conversation. But I do have something that we call the rapid fire, which I'm just trying because both of you are here. And I would love to ask you guys. So who's going to go first? Who's going to go second? You all decide. And um, it's just quick, easy questions. And uh, it's just fun to get to know you both better. Sure. How about we okay. alternate it? So whichever question, yeah. Jay, you can start and then I'll go second and then we can alternate it. Yeah. Okay. We, I don't have many, Let's so do don't, don't worry. Okay. I'm not putting you guys on the spot. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'll start off this one. A quote you live by. Oh, I love this John Lennon quote. I've always stuck on every book and Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> Mine is from Tim Brown, and uh, he basically 
is, is an innovator. And this is a bit of my life philosophy as well. So it's, it goes like this. Uh, above all, think of life as a prototype. We can conduct experiments, make discoveries, and change our perspectives. We can look for opportunities to turn processes into projects and have tangible outcomes. We can learn how to take joy in the things we create, whether, we, uh, whether they take the form of a fleeting experience or a heirloom that, that will last for generations. Wow. <laughs> That's deep. That's really deep, but a beautiful. I, I feel like I feel like I need a longer quote now. I was just like one line which I remember the top of my No. Yeah, but that is deep. But I even like Jayanti, so it's fine. Uh moving on. The next one for you. Describe your business in one word. Authentic. Sustainable. Okay, both great words. Uh, woman entrepreneur you love. You may have already answered that, but yeah, a woman entrepreneur you love. Shani, your turn. Uh, I'd say, um, I don't know if you, what, Namita? Okay, you'll answer that. Uh, Oprah Winfrey. All right. Okay, you kind of are, I mean, spoke about Namita, so I was expecting Namita's name to come up anyway. <laughs> As was um, I, so I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a routine or habit or a productivity mm-hmm. hack you swear by? Meditation. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> I feel Shani introduced me to this before the, I mean, just after the pandemic hit us. And I mm-hmm. feel it is something every entrepreneur needs to do. You don't realize the benefits till you do it regularly. And meditation has kept me sane and centered and calm. <laughs> if I can say so myself. Okay, Shalini. For me, it would be power naps. Uh, I I sleep when I'm stressed. I sleep when I'm happy. I, I sleep and I for like it's usually under thirty minutes and wake up with a fresh mind. So yeah, that's my little hack. That's a cool one. I wasn't expecting that one to come up. Uh, and finally, <laughs> the last one. I promise. A day. In, how, what's a normal day in your life? I wake up at five thirty. Have two children. I pack their food. Take them to the bus stop once they leave I usually play football in the morning I have a big girls gang here so football happens I'm back home by 8 39 then uh, sort out the house get to work uh, Shani and I because we have a difference in timing a lot of our calls yeah. happen in the evening then again get back sometimes we have late evening calls as well and uh, decompress for a little with book or some mindless Netflix and mm-hmm. um Again, quality time with family. We also have a dog, two rabbits. Uh, it's, it's a full house. Uh, that is by like 10 o'clock, I'm in bed. Just to do the whole <laughs> thing again. But, um, but I, I, I enjoy um, my days. It's very fulfilling. Okay. Lovely. Although I know you went through it really fast. It's okay. <laughs> Shalini, you... <laughs> Um, for me, I'm more of a night bird. Uh, so I start my day by about 8.30 or so. Uh, I like to have some me time and you'll see how we balance each other out. So I basically live here alone. I, I like to go get my coffee, go to the park, play with some dogs, um, do a little bit of yoga. Uh, if it's a good day, I get all that done. 
start with work usually coincide with India. So have like a bunch of meetings in the beginning, uh, take a break for lunch, cook. Um, and these days we're in the middle of winter. So I try to have a bit of lifetime while the sun is out. So maybe go to the beach or um, do a little bit of reading, go to the gym that happens in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Come back and have another session of work. Uh, and sometimes that goes into pretty late night, depending on whether it requires creativity thinking. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's that's more or less it. So a little bit of time in nature, working out and, and yeah, I meditate before bed uh, without fail. Awesome. So thank you, you guys. That was really rapid. Both of your days. I know you like really <laughs> went at it, um, like went through it fast. Uh, but you, you want know, me to say that slower? You want me to? No, 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 no. I meant like <laughs> you really like. It sounds like you cram a lot, but I'm sure. Don't worry. <laughs> but my favorite question is usually this one. I love you know. Uh, that's why Facebook and Instagram and all of that exists because I love hearing about other people's days, how they manage their day. And with that, we yeah. come to the end of our um, conversation today. Thank you so much. It's been fun uh, having both of you uh, on this call. And I love hearing how your business is growing. I'm going to be rooting for you, cheering for you, being a consumer, oh. of course, <laughs> buying all your all the products. I have just shortlisted stuff that I want to order. I have a dog as well. So, and he's been prescribed hemp for his skin allergies. So, uh, oh, I mean, the hemp oil. But yeah. uh, I'm going to be consuming a lot of your product and we'll be cheering you on. So, I wish you both the very best. I think what you're building uh, is, is something that is fantastic. Such a beautifully packaged brand. And with two of you so bright behind the brand, I can only see it just... <laughs> You know, this industry, all of the pillars of this industry. So all the best to both of you. And thank you for being here with me today. Thank you, Savita. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success.